Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So just before we went to break, I I read Glenn the bartender's stat that there have been two general managers to have won Stanley Cups with two different teams. One was Jim Rutherford, and the other one was Tommy Gorman. And I said, Chicago. And uh, that is correct. Um... He was the Blackhawks head coach and GM uh, in 1933-34 and led them to their first Stanley Cup victory that year. He then went on to Montreal to help out the Maroons as manager coach and help them win uh, the Stanley Cup in 1934-35. By the way... uh, I wonder if it's the same owner. Uh, he was in Chicago in 33-34. They gave up... Uh, they ended up winning the Stanley Cup despite scoring the fewest goals in the regular season. Ten days after the Stanley Cup victory, Gorman resigned in a dispute with the owner. And I'm wondering if that was with uh, Frederick uh, McLaughlin, who named the Blackhawks after the Blackhawks squadron in 1926. Do you know the story of the Muldoon curse, Brendan? One of the great make-believe stories of all time. Brennan's not listening right now. He's, I'm, I'm getting to go through some stuff. But the uh, Muldoon curse was a make-believe story that was penned, and it lived in hockey infamy um, for a long time involving the uh, Chicago uh, Blackhawks. Uh, the curse of the Muldoon uh, involved head coach... Pete Muldoon and team owner Frederick McLaughlin, and it happened after the 26-27 season. Jim Coleman, a sports writer with the Globe and Mail, wrote in 1943 that the reason for Muldoon's firing boiled down to a heated end-of-the-season argument with McLaughlin, and as the story went, uh, Frederick McLaughlin felt that the Blackhawks were good enough to finish first in the American division. Muldoon disagreed, and McLaughlin fired him, and uh, Muldoon supposedly responded, fire me, Major, and you'll never finish first again. This was back in like 26, 27. Ironically enough, it put a, a the story had it that it put a voodoo or a hex on the Blackhawks. Here's where it gets freaky Friday. The uh, Blackhawks did not win a Stanley Cup until after, uh, years after uh, Muldoon uh passed away a few years later and it was a sports related curse the Blackhawks did not win the Stanley Cup until 1961 uh, the, the the last season of the 16 NHL 
was 66-67, and that's the first time Chicago finished first. Think about that. So Jim Coleman makes up this story in 1943. It's a made-up story. It's not even true. The Blackhawks still don't finish first all the way until 66-67, 24 years later, in a make-believe story that he wrote. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievable. In 1967, the last season of the 16 NHL, the Hawks finished first, breaking the supposed curse of Muldoon 23 years after the death of McLaughlin in 1944. Afterwards, sports writer Jim Coleman, who printed the story of the curse in 1943, admitted that he made the story up to break a writer's block as the deadline approached. So Toronto-based writer from the Globe and Mail, Jim Coleman, he's a legend. He's one of the greatest writers of all time. He makes this story up on the curse of now, here's the irony. Do you know who won the Stanley Cup in 1966-67? The Toronto Maple Leafs. That happens to be the last time the Leafs won the Cup. Did Jim Coleman indirectly <laughs> curse the Maple Leafs? I don't know, man. It's just wild. And you know the crazy part about it? Uh, I got asked about it in Bill Wirtz's box when he was still alive. During the 0506 season, I'll always owe an incredible debt of gratitude uh, to uh, to Cal Nichols and Pat LaForge and Ken Nichols for inviting me up. And uh, Cal said, "Hey, uh, this guy knows his trivia." And so, Mister Wirtz asked me if I had ever heard of the Muldoon curse. I knew exactly what it was, and away we went and had a charming conversation. Um, there was a picture in the suite at the United Center of a baby boy bouncing on El Capone's knee. That baby boy? Oh, yeah. You well, can figure out who that baby boy was back in the late 1920s. Bob Stauffer with you, along with Brendan Escott, just sharing completely useless, superfluous information. It's the kind of thing we're doing. Um, Bob, is would it be possible that Ken Holland would retire soon and we would look for some youth like Kyle Dubas as a GM? I, it's really interesting with Kyle Dubas because I get the sense for a lot of you out there, uh, a lot of you out there believing that Dubas is either really good or not a very good manager. It seems to be quite polarizing. Uh, hey, Bob, uh, is it Jim Matheson or Terry Jones that cursed the Edmonton Oilers? Well, do you believe in that sort of stuff? I don't know if you believe in that stuff. I think that's a little harsh. A little harsh. Uh, Bob, Tommy Gorman, Ottawa, 19-20-21-23, Chicago, 34, Montreal Maroons, 35, Montreal Canadiens, 44 and 46. He GM'd four different teams to seven Stanley Cups during the original six era. Uh, he was also involved with the horse racing industry, including Farlap. I never worked at the Sawmill. Did I say the name of the restaurant? Did I say Glenn at the Sawmill? Back then, I must have said the sawmill. Uh, we didn't have a hot mic situation, Brendan, did we? Like we had uh, last week when I was in the building. No, you said it out loud. I said, "Oh, okay." <laughs> I thought, "There we go." Uh, Glenn, the bartender. That's just a great handle. I love, you know, I love it. It's, it's great. We got we got listeners that educate me all the time. Um, uh, Jimbo says, uh, "Hey, Bob, if Ken Holland doesn't want to renew his contract after next year." I'll take his job at an 80% cut in pay. That one comes to us from Jimbo. Jimbo, how how gracious of you. You're willing to uh, take on the Oilers general manager job for $1 million a year. $1 million. Again, you can text us. Um, <laughs> she's 
time. And Bob, you should talk to your bosses at 6.30, Chet, and convince them to go three hours all regular season and then four hours for next year's playoff run. I especially like your guess, go Oilers go from Simon. Uh, Well, first of all, technically, they're not my bosses, but we have a partnership. What do you think, Brendan? How do you think that would go over? Do you think you'd be up for three hours a day all year long and four hours a day in the playoffs? Listen, I know the fans are up for it. I don't know if if we've got that much gas in the tank, nor that much to talk about. Well, you know, the other thing here is I do do the games as well. And I can tell you that uh, some of those road shows, uh, and it is a a privilege to work in the business. Like, we work in the toy department of life. I appreciate the sentiment, Simon, but, uh, you know, that'd be a hard go. That go. Yeah. you can text us at 780-496-0063. I'm not going to tell you who the baby boy was, Richard. You can figure it out. Again, you can text us 780-496-0063. Hundreds of um, questions coming in on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, what happens if the Oilers are in the same spot next year with the goaltenders being questionable? They have to make the goalies better. That's all there is. I'll tell you what. If we're in the same situation next year with Jack Campbell at uh, like if Jack Campbell's sitting at a minus 20, a goal saved above expectation at the trade deadline, they got to trade for another goalie. That's what they have to do. But they have to give him the chance to dig out. I think that's got to be stated. I think that's the fairest way to deal with things. We're going to keep going through um, some more texts coming in. Bob, if you're all about the Oilers blue and orange, does that mean you have to vote for Smith and Notley on the 29th? Now that's nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, again, you can keep it coming here. 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, Brendan Shanahan is creating public drama to keep the heat off his failing Shanna plan. Unnecessary to, sh- to share all that info publicly, but a good personal ploy and play from Brendan Shanahan. Well, Shanahan's not a guy that's afraid to speak his mind. And I'm not surprised by his course of action. Raider Jesse says, Bob, Kyle Dubas overplayed his hand, but also Shanahan was probably rash in firing a GM he wanted back over an offer. You never blame the player for asking for the money. Should we blame Dubas? Uh, Would a no in this final offer a more level-headed reaction. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Another texter says Brad Trelevin will be the next GM for the Maple Leafs. I think Brad Trelevin would be a great choice for general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, so I got no problem with uh, that again. Uh, Bob, you should have asked Frank whether or not Travis Connecting would be available. Tell you what I'll do. I'll ask Frank on Tuesday if Travis... Like, it would be tough to get him because he's maybe the best uh, player that uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have up front. Bob, who do you target as a free agent this summer to add more grit in the bottom six? Also, shout out to uh, Brendan, Smashville legend. Is that you? You're the Smashville legend? <laughs> who is that text from? That's my old ball hockey team. Yeah, that's awesome. When, when were you in Smashville? Oh, gosh. Three years ago now? It's... Now, did you get kicked out of a bar? No. Okay. Then it's all good. Because you can get... I've never... All the years I've been there, I've never got toasted out of a bar, but I know a few guys that have. I know one prominent NHLer that uh, he had a tough night. 
That's all I'm going to say. Uh, thought he was tough, and then he ran into the wrong guy. It was, uh, don't worry, it was not anybody that's on the Oilers broadcast cruises. I just want to establish that right now. But I know a tough guy that uh, might have got a little bit of a comeuppance one night in uh, Nashville. They got some big guys working at the door. I find that if you just try to be agreeable and get along with them and, you know. They... So so tell me about this Smashville legend, Brendan Escott. Did you put on a show? There's nothing did you... legendary about it. Did I... you go, did you sing? No, no, this isn't a trip to Nashville, Bob. I said this is my ball hockey team. Your ball hockey team is called Smashville? Yeah, with Predators-themed jerseys. Oh, I thought you did something in Nashville. No, no. <laughs> okay. No, just, it's a place I'd love to visit. Don't What's with the wrong. ball hockey guys at, between Tony Brar, mm-hmm. who talks about ball hockey all the time, uh, Joshua Marshall, yeah. who's got the Two Mutts podcast or whatever. It's all these ball hockey guys out there. Uh, Doug McCarthy used to be on a team called the Playboys. Apparently, they were pretty good back in the day. They're really good. Yeah, well, I, I mean Tony's Tony's pretty legitimate and going off to nationals with the Edmonton Savages each and every. The season, Savages. So. That's the name of the ball hockey yeah. team. That's a good name yeah, for. They're a pretty slick looking team. And now, did you ever play like men's league, like Division One Alberta men's in the summer or anything like that? Well, this was. This was Div 2, I think, is the highest you can play in the fall and winter, right? Because in the summertime, that's actual, like, Div 1 ball hockey. Okay. So uh, we, I believe Smashville was playing in Div 2 at the time that I was there. Smashville. Yeah. There you go. It's 246 in Edmonton. We have a very memorable list day in Oilers history. Oh, and we're going to talk a little about the Edmonton Elks when we come back as well. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cactus Jack has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says, Bob, it's officially the offseason on your show. That was way too much ball hockey talk. There you go. This texter says, Bob, you could easily do three hours a day. Remember when you had a sports show during the uh, pandemic, when everything was shut down, you still found something to talk about for two hours a day, and there was no sports happening at all worldwide. Yeah, I remember when the uh, Bundesliga got started again, and we were watching Alfonso Davies uh, play uh, with Bayern Munich because that was the year they won the Champions League, uh, 100%. Uh, yeah, you can do three hours, but uh, the issue is in-season when you combine the games and the travel. You know, because, um, I mean, let's face it, somebody called yesterday and said, you got the best job. I do. Combination of the best jobs. Got to work and grind a bit, but it's pretty good. Bob, what about three hours on Oilers game days? <laughs> oh, there we go. You can text us at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Brendan, were you able to find a decent this day in Oilers history? Because somewhere in the deep recesses of my mind, I seem to recall where I was back in nineteen eighty four on uh, May the nineteenth. Uh, you are usually able to recall it. Uh, here's how it was uh, displayed on six thirty chat back in the day. And the Oilers stop at the center. Twenty five seconds. 
on the board. Kevin Lowe trying to jam it out. Loose puck in the corner. They battle for it. It comes in front of the net. Lumley fires it down the ice. He scores! Lumley and the champions of the Edmonton Oilers. 13 seconds remaining. The Edmonton Oilers will win the Stanley Cup. They have become the four-time champions. Screamers and balloons on the ice. The Oilers will win the hockey game 5-2. to two. They are the champions. There we go. Oh, that was Rod Phillips on, uh, well, we know where he was, so we know where the radio rights were at that time. And uh, I will tell you, um, Brendan, that we went to, uh, we watched the third period of the game at my house with my buddies. We went to the convention itself to go see a band play. We were going to have to sneak in because two of the guys weren't 18. I'd already turned 18. And everybody's like, you got to go downtown. you got to go downtown. It's the greatest party you've ever seen. And it was spontaneous, and it was awesome. It was incredible on Jasper Avenue. For me, as an Edmontonian, in terms of something that the city, uh, the city celebrated, it was the greatest night of all time. It was awesome. People were just bringing it. On this date, back in 1984, uh, entering the game up 3-1 in the series, Wayne Gretzky scored twice, added an assist. The Oilers beat the Islanders 5-2, winning the Stanley Cup in uh, for the first time in franchise history in front of the crowd at Northlands. The Oilers were the first uh, former WHA team to win the Stanley Cup championship. There you go. So, take it for what it's worth. It's awesome. It was an incredible moment. And for a lot of you out there, I'm sure you agree. In terms of the city celebrating it, city celebrating it, it was, uh, I think, one of the greatest nights in the city of Edmonton's history. Here's what I'm hoping for, Brendan, and it didn't happen this year. I'm hoping we get another chance to celebrate a night like that. Because I think it'll be incredible if that happens. Because we've had a couple generations of Oilers fans grow up and they haven't had that experience. Imagine just turning 18. And we didn't... I remember when the Islanders, they, they played the Rangers in a best of five and they won in overtime. And my cousin, I was at my cousin's watching the game and we were like, ah. Because we the Islanders, oh, we'll never beat the Islanders. Four straight games. And then Kevin McClellan scored the lone goal and Grant Fear played great in game one. The Stanley Cup final. And the Islanders came back and won game two. And then the Oilers smoked them in games three, four, and five. Like they, I think they got uh, seven, seven. I think they night maybe outscored them like 19 to six or 19 to seven in the final three games of that series. Dave Lumley put it out and the Oilers ultimately to victory. Tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins has a special guest host. His name is Dave Campbell. What's got rolling? I know for sure you'll be hearing from me. I'll give you a preview of the Edmonton Elk season along with Dave. That's coming up at 7 o'clock. Otherwise, it's a fluid show. Big, biggest storyline uh, for the Elks this season. What's got to happen besides a win at home? Well, there's a lot of offensive weaponry they acquired. They signed 2,000-yard receivers and a legitimate kick returner this year. So keep the name Eugene Lewis in mind as this offense looks to uh, really take hold of uh, an actual passing game here. See if they can't find their first home win 
been since uh, October 12th, 2019. All right. And you've got a uh, best of Oilers now for a half hour that you're going to do on Monday? Yeah. Oh, we'll uh, absolutely be rerunning that Jay Woodcroft stuff. And then the Elks against the Calgary Stampeders with Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, uh, Brendan Escott's uh, the host of the Countdown Show, which begins at 12.30. The game time is at 2 p.m. Blake Dermott uh, and David Bowles, all part of the uh, S, uh, the Elks broadcast here. 30th season for the Eskimos and the Elks on 6.30 Jet. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Chelsea on Chad with Chelsea Bird. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Back at you live Tuesday at noon.